Oh my goodness, 2020, what a year. And with all the challenges that we've encountered this year, has 2020 been the year that you started to pay more attention to your own mental health? Have you been tuning in and reaching out to family and friends about their own? And are you engaging in more vulnerable and authentic conversations? How is your mental health? And have you made the correlation between how managing your own mental health can help you perform better and run a more successful business? In the spirit of Mental Health Month, I'm sharing this very special webinar with you all. Last week, I spoke to a very dear friend of mine, Wesley Vasile, as part of my Build Your Best Life coaching program. Now, Wes is an owner of multiple successful businesses, as well as being a mental health advocate and the director and co-founder of the Mental Awareness Foundation. This is a great episode, not only on mental health, but also about how you can upgrade and how you can level up your own businesses to double as Wes has provided great insight here. So listen in. Hello and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Build Your Best Life podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Storer. I'm a sales coach and a hardworking real estate agent. It's my mantra to build your best life and I'm doing exactly this. And throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow your GCI, your revenue and your profit by implementing tried and tested systems and structures. You'll learn how you can grow and build your own team, effective business unit and agencies, and how you can truly harness your real estate career to provide you with the wealth and the freedom that you've always dreamt of. So if this is the life that you want to live, make sure that you do subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes do go live. So this podcast episode does sound a little bit different. It's actually taken from a webinar that I did with my Build Your Best Life coaching program. And I felt that the content was so powerful, so incredibly insightful and enriching to my participants of the Build Your Best Life coaching program that I really wanted to transform it over and to share it with everybody. So listen up, take notes, and I hope you get as much value out of it as what my participants as part of my coaching program did. Hello and happy Thursday and welcome to the very first webinar for the Build Your Best Life Coaching Program quarter four. And of course, this particular webinar is a super special one, one that's very, very close to my heart. And I'm going to introduce you to one of the most remarkable people in my life, Wesley Vasile. Wes, welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dale. That's, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and ditto, or likewise, I, uh, I really appreciate you as well. <laughs> so look, we're going to get um, talking a bit about our content of our webinar and, and start sort of our session shortly. But just for all of those watching, there are a few things that I wanted to remind you about. And first and foremost is that, you know, our very next Ask Me Anything live coaching forum on Facebook is going to be Thursday at 6 p.m. Queensland time. That's Australian Eastern Standard Time um, on the 22nd. So join in for that. Our next webinar is going to be uh, Thursday, the 12th of November at one o'clock. But look, check your emails because, of course, all these dates are on those. And, you know, while we're talking about emails, there have been some surveys that I've sent out to you. I want to hear your feedback, what you like about the coaching program, but more specifically, what you like and what you want to change on the success manual. This is really important as we are going to be going to print very, very soon again for the next quarter. So I am um, keen to incorporate your feedback, your thoughts, your challenges, your journeys, what I can do to make this, this better. But look, in today's webinar, and you know, I'm really committed to giving you exceptional 
webinars with exceptional content. And if you missed last uh, the last webinar of the last quarter, you really must go and watch it. Now, that was with the one and only uh, Nicola Powell from Maine. Now, Nicola is talking all about the market. She's talking about how things are going to be moving forward in the future. She's talking about prediction. She's talking about what you know consumers are actually searching for. So how you need to be changing your copy to advertise your properties. This is one of the best webinars that we have recorded as part of the season. So if you have missed it, you have access to it. So just go and log in on the website and you'll be able to watch that viewing. Now, I don't mind if you want to share that content with your sellers because it will help you with getting listings today instead of waiting till next year when there are going to be some challenges. So let's get into today's webinar because we've got some really exciting stuff to talk about. So Wesley, let me introduce you formally first and foremost. So as I mentioned, we are great friends, we're, we're close friends, but I suppose, you know, most people would know you um, from a number of different hats that you wear. The first is the director and co-founder of the Mental Awareness Foundation. And you, of course, started the Walk for Awareness, which happened last, last Sunday. And, you know, this is all about suicide prevention and mental awareness. And you have raised over $1.2 million, you know, for um, for mental health over over this period of time. So, in addition to that, you are a superstar and a rock star business owner, and you own own a number of businesses. But the one that you focus most of your time largely on is trusted pest management. So, you know, this has a big turnover of three million dollars, and you you know you perform out of Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney, and of course the Philippines, and you have over thirty staff. So it's it's pretty massive business worldwide. But on top of all of that. You are the co-founder of WAC Constructions. You also own a number of, of gyms with your with your brother Tudor, who of course is your co-founder on the Mental um, Awareness Foundation. So I also know that you're a really cool yoga instructor and at times a party animal. Welcome, Rose. <laughs> yes, uh, all of the above. Wow, thank you, Sherry. That was uh, that was amazing. Um, actually, I just just when you were doing your intro and you're talking about your surveys. One thing particularly at Trusted that we do, which I think your um, your uh, guests will get value out, is is feedback is a gift. So when I was I used I used to be so concerned when we first started Trusted that we were so worried about feedback because we take it on like emotionally and we thought that negative feedback was a was a blow to your ego. Now we we uh, we feel so blessed with getting all feedback because. If you do get feedback that's, you know, I guess what you feel is not ideal, it gives you a place to learn, right? But then obviously if you get something back positively, it means that you're doing something right or, you know, follow down that rabbit hole. So just in regards to your survey with what you're creating, feedback is a gift. And if you want to, if you want to see some feedback, jump on our Google uh, page, uh, Google Maps page. We have for a pest control company, a pest control sherry we've got nearly 300 google reviews that's very for, impressive <laughs> and we, we continually ask for it and we're at 4.9 so i just want to say feedback's a gift and and go for it shares because i know that you create a great product and and if you're listening to this and even if it's positive or negative you want to hear it so please uh write into sherry so she can understand what what you want 
Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for the edification of that. But you're exactly right. I think, and we're going to talk a little bit into business shortly because I think you can provide some really great insights. But as you say, you know, reviews are so important because they are really, um, I guess, an indication of somebody else blowing your trumpet in terms of what you're doing right or what you're doing right. And as we know, we trust, you know, as you say, we trust trusted, but we trust yeah. in our fr- our family and our friends and others' opinions where they don't actually have anything to gain from that. So, um, so well done. I'm always harping on about building a celebrity profile and, <laughs> and reviews. So, I love it. So, look, let's let's get down today. What we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about mental health and really what we can do to, you know, help ourselves, help others, and create some awareness. Which, of course, you are a huge ambassador for this. Um, I'd also really like to talk about the walk, uh, which you started now 10 years ago. This year was was the 10th year, which is just huge. And I'm keen to understand how that came about and also, you know, how you really got government um, approval and support for it. And then finally, I think, you know, the fact that we've got a great business owner in front of us who've built a business, you know, from, from I guess, taking over from your dad's days to what it is now and that growth, I think it's really good to hear about some of these uh, strategies that you employed to grow it from one small kind of location to a worldwide business. And on top of all of that, you know, how you lead and how you grow your teams in addition to that building your best life and that work-life balance, right? Oh, we got lots to talk about. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So look, let's get into it. Tell us what is the Mental Awareness Foundation and how did this get started? Yes. So the Mental Awareness Foundation is it's a charity organisation and our main focus is on suicide prevention and, and the promotion of mental wellness. So how, uh, I guess how did it start? Um, Ten years ago, I, uh, I was in Las Vegas for, for, for New Year's. Anyway, I, um, I actually had a great night. I won like $3,000. I, uh, you know... I kissed a girl. I was walking through the MGM Grand back to my room because I was so, so just over the moon. Anyway, came in, went to sleep. Um, and those that know that uh, America is actually 18 hours behind. So when I woke up, obviously New Year's had come and gone in Australia. So uh, I, was, uh, I, I grabbed my phone because I wanted to see what celebrations had occurred in Australia. And and uh, all of a sudden, um, one of my closest mates, Christian, a government missing sign had come up. And I was just like, this can't be, oh, it's giving me the chills now, this just can't be right. Like Christian is uh, an unbelievable character. He, he's got the most infectious laugh and was just a, a beautiful soul. And he was missing. He went missing on New Year's Day. Uh, unfortunately, five days later, they found they found that he'd taken his life by suicide. Um, I flew back. It was 2011. I flew back into the Brisbane floods. I literally got off the plane and started sandbagging my house. Um, that was like on the 11th. On the 14th of January, it was Christian's 31st birthday, and it was his funeral. Uh, at his funeral, we said goodbye to this beautiful beautiful man, and I sat next to a gentleman called David. Three months later, I was at David's funeral because he had also taken his life 
by suicide. So in three months, I'd lost two of my, my close, my best mates, like solid mates, uh, guys I'd surfed with, uh, guys I'd, I'd celebrated with, guys where the house that I'm that you're behind me had built. And um, this for me was an event that just confused, caused numbing. I'd never, I, I, I'd, I'd heard of suicide, but you know, it was friends of friends. I'd never been touched by it so directly in my circle. And particularly the second death, I just, I, I was like, what the F is going on? Seriously, like what, what is, what is happening? And um, I was so confused. I just needed to get outside. My coping strategy of, of dealing with this mess was to, to walk the Brisbane River, river Loop. I lived in New Farm, those that are in Brisbane, and uh, that River Loop was my coping strategy to get outside. And that walk is so beautiful. You've got the Kangaroo Point Cliffs, you've got the river, um, you've got the Botanical Gardens and the Story Bridge itself. Uh, I was sitting in my office, just staring blankly at the ground and, and I just, I just, I just felt compelled to want to pay tribute to my mates. I wanted to, uh, you know, I guess bring some awareness towards this issue of suicide because once you touch by it directly, you start to learn the stats about it. How over 3,000 people in Australia each uh, each year take their lives. We get nine people a day. I started learning about this, and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. And um, I wanted to raise some, I just wanted to create something and raise some money. So I remember contacting Beyond Blue and and anyway, I said, listen, I'd like to do an event somehow and and uh, I'd like to raise some money towards your great organisation. And they said, awesome. They sent me an email uh, and the T's and C's of this, of this of this requirement was just so long. And, and you know, like I'm a tradesman and, you know, I was like, wow, that's way too hard to read. Uh, and I just said, stuff it. I'm going to put on a walk. Uh, I want to bring this beautiful walk of Brisbane um, to to pay tribute to my friends. Cherry, the only thing legal I did that day was book the park. Um, <laughs> we had 120 people turn up. We had music there, which, you know, learning now you've got to get approval for. We walked the, the river loop um around the river loop which you need now need approval for uh with that aside we had 120 people come down and and, and a, a lot of them were close were friends of friends or close friends to pay tribute to my to my two close mates um from that walk i guess the energy of people were just they they really loved the fact that we had created something and just, I guess, encouraged us to do it again. And um, in that second year, uh, my brother, uh, Tudor, he lived in Spring Hill. He was running the river loop. As he was running across the Story Bridge, a gentleman put down his bag and jumped off the bridge right in front of my brother. Um, from that event, we learned about how prevalent suicide was uh, tied up with the Story Bridge. Unfortunately, uh, the Story Bridge at the time was the biggest hotspot 
for Brisbane when it comes to suicide. So learning about these two things, my two mates plus my brother witnessing uh, this horrible event, we felt compelled that we had to do the event again. And that second year we had 200 people uh, come down and just people really did want to pay tribute, but then also bring awareness towards the bridge. Uh, and, and unfortunately this bridge, this beautiful bridge, it's amazing, but it's also an area that uh, is tr rather tragic. I'm just trying to use the right words here. And um, after learning uh, about the bridge, we put a petition together. Uh, we got multiple signatures, uh, which Helen Abraham, the local council at the time, was why uh, funding got allowed for the fencing of the bridge. So the walk evolved from 120 people to 200 people to uh, third year we had uh, 220 plus we got uh, uh, funding for the the fence on the bridge at 5.5 million um, on our third year the walk went to 600 people 1200 people 1800 people 2000 people and last year we had 3.1 thousand people and this year we had over 1800 people with the COVID restrictions Australia-wide. So to go back to your original question, I guess losing two friends to suicide was what brought this walk um, about and why we created it. Uh, and now the foundation is all about mental wellness, suicide prevention, and just bringing awareness towards mental health issues. So. That's that's how it all came about. Mm. Look, it's it's interesting because obviously we're really close friends, but I didn't know all of those things. I knew obviously I, I didn't realise that you guys were responsible for the changes and the, the fencing on the on the Story Bridge. I think that's really um, that certainly is groundbreaking. I used to live beside the Story Bridge at Petrie Point and would yes. constantly see. Um, the, the, the jumping and the traffic being stopped and, and so forth. And so, you know, I think it's made a huge difference. I don't know if, you, if you've, you probably know the stats a lot more than I do, but certainly, you know, from a traffic point of view, we don't see what we used to see, do we? Yeah, and, and to, well, to answer your question, since the, the, the fence has been up, I believe there's been one death from at the bridge. Wow, so that's a pretty remarkable change. So I think, you know, when we look when we look at this and I've been a volunteer, I think for the last four or five years this year, I was I was a participant, which was which was really cool. But what I have noticed in doing the, the walk, because the, the walk is designed to help everybody with their mental health and to create mental, you know, awareness for for this issue, but certainly it is designed to help, you know, men. And this was what it was originally, you know, started with. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 100%. So, you know, in, in participating, what I have seen over the years is I've seen, you know, big groups getting together, um, supporting somebody that they have lost, and whether that be young people. But one of the things that really struck me and surprised me was it was the older men. You know, we're talking about dads of, you know, of, of teenagers and young adults. Um, and these men who don't really feel comfortable to talk and to share what's what's going on. And this, it seems to be a really big, big group. And it was surprising um, to me and so devastating to see the loss and how people have been affected by this. 
Yes. Well, Sherry, I'm not too sure if you're aware, but the, the, the biggest killer of men between the ages of 14 and 45 is suicide. Mm. You put all, you know, smoking-related diseases, cancers, all that stuff, which is all horrible, but the biggest killer of young men or men is suicide. And uh, it's 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 a hard one to swallow because you 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 think how beautiful life is, but then to think that this unfortunate thing, which we don't talk about enough, is actually the main killer of of young men. Mm. So what do, what do you do if you know if if you have a friend who is suffering or somebody in your family or somebody that you know, like what can you really do to, to support them? Because this is one thing that we don't really know what the right thing to do or to say, or we, we don't know how to help. What should we do, Wes? Yeah. So obviously I'm not a, a psychologist or a doctor. However, I have gone down the rabbit hole in the last 10 years of learning about mental health and, and we support charities uh, that are on the front line. So, you know, I, I guess you listen and you and you hear things and, and you take advice on board or perhaps learnings from these groups. So this is my suggestion. And don't get me wrong, it's not going to work for everyone. However, this is how I would approach a situation. You know your friend or your family better than anybody else, okay, from the respect that if most of the time you're going to have that intuition that you're going to know that something's just not right or something's off. And that is where the courage comes to step forward to your friends because I'm assuming you love them or you care about them. And that is what you need to channel that strength when you go to speak with that person. And you know, it is. It, it, it can be as simply as three easy words, which is, are you okay? That is one option. I think it's a great option. However, my approach, which I do with my friends, is I just ask, how is your mental health? Because I think, are you okay is ma magic. However, it can be, oh, I'm fine. Where when you talk about, hey, how is your mental health? To me, I feel that you're just probing that little bit further, right? You're just asking, you're not, you're, you're asking something a little bit more, I guess, internal than just, are you okay? Uh, after you've said that, Sherry, you've just got to listen. It really is listening. And perhaps if you do get that, hey, I'm just fine, I'm not a problem, you know, please, once again, channel that care and that strength, just just probe that little bit further and just say, hey, I just noticed that you're just not yourself lately. Is there something you'd like to share with me? Now, they may open up or they may not. However, at least you've shown that person that you truly care and that you're talking about their mental health, right, in terms of what's going on up here. Yes, there's physical health as well, but I think just asking about mental health is a way to sort of break in that little bit further to try and get an answer out of them. 
Well, I think that's really amazing advice because you feel quite powerless when you're in a situation like this and you don't know what the right thing to do is. So it's really good to hear, you know, that that's a really simple, practical thing to do. But as you say, it does require courage and, it, you know, and strength to do so. But it's much better to ask for um, forgiveness, you know, than, yeah. than, than to live with the regret. So, you know, looking at, at this, I mean, as humans, we are seasonal and I talk a lot about the fact that, you know, life is not sunshine and unicorns and, and donuts all the time. And I think we go through challenges. Some of them are, you know, situational, some of them are, are mental. And I think we're not always at our 100% all of the time. And so we do have these periods where we may not be feeling so great. And particularly this year, we've had a lot of challenges. You know, most of us take our little breaks, particularly in the real estate industry. You know, we work incredibly hard. A lot of agents still work seven days a week, six days a week. They are working continuously. But, you know, pour on, you know, business stress this year, you know, trying to make finances work. The fact that you know, we didn't have any holidays typically in Easter for most people or mid-year or, you know, or even September. And then on top of all of that, you know, look at those poor Victorians. And there's a lot of people from Victoria tuning in that have been stuck inside for a long period of time. You know, it's just been absolutely, you know, huge. So if you are suffering and you're not really feeling at your best and your mental health, you know, isn't, you know, where you would like it to be. What, I mean, what advice can you give to us? Because you have interviewed lots of, I mean, you're an ambassador yourself, but you've interviewed lots of different people, therapists, you know, um, celebrities, lots of different people on this. What are the common themes that you sort of see to help make an improvement for yourself? Absolutely. And just, just to acknowledge, uh, I respect most real estate agents because I've seen your phone when you, it rings all the time. So uh, thank you for asking this question. Sherry, one, it's actually acknowledging to yourself, right, that, hey, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling right, okay? Uh, once you've acknowledged that, from what I've learned from all the books and speaking with therapists and, and multiple successful people or people that just deal in mental health, the, the, the main... Um, theme that they've talked about is just vulnerability is honestly being vulnerable enough to step forward and say I just need some help or I need to either talk to someone about what's going on from the inside it's really easy you know and and, and I think it gets talked about you know when we hurt ourselves physically we'll go to the physio or we'll we'll, we'll quickly send if we're we're feeling um flu symptoms, we'll run, we'll race off to the doctor or if our stomach's upset, we'll go to the pharmacy really quickly. But when the mind or the little voice is perhaps speaking negatively but consistently or there's just something that's not right um, from inside, we, we tend to just either shove it under the carpet or she'll be right or we just don't investigate it. And coming back to your question is just being vulnerable enough to step forward and go and see someone. Talk to someone that you feel safe for. For example, you know that I open up to you because I love you and I feel safe with you. So if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've got that one person or a person in your life that you have a relationship similar to ours 
that you feel safe with that you can go, hey, I'm actually something's just not right, right? I just I need I need to investigate it. With that said, talking to a professional, but I just want to I'll finish with this. Please take time for your mental health. And I know with what you're saying, this year has been absolutely it, it's it's like one in a hundred years. Like it is so bizarre. And no matter what you think of the circumstances, we are all under stress, right? No matter where you are, Victoria, Sydney, Brisbane, the Philippines, we, we, we have got an, a, a stress on us that is no fault of our own. And all I can say is just take time for yourself. And when you take that time, that is an opportunity for you to either reach out or perhaps investigate how you could um, assist with what's going on from inside. Well, it's it's great to hear you talk about this because, you know, I obviously with our relationship, I know that we have that. But I also see you do this in a, in a public way where you might put a post on social where you're not necessarily saying everything's like fantastic all of the times, just saying, you know, I'm not having a great day today. And I think it's just so reassuring to know that you're not the only one who has days like this and you're honest enough to be able to post about it. And I'm sure that that takes great courage to do that because we all want to pretend everything's awesome all the time, but that's not real life. <laughs> so, you know, I really um, congratulate you for that. And I think it's actually quite inspirational and, you know, Lately at the moment, particularly this month, I have been posting a lot about mental um, health and, and being vulnerable, I think, is incredibly important. I think it's incredibly important to actually harness that even as a leader, um, whether you be a leader in your community, in your family, in your business, you know, whatever that is, we are leaders within, you know, even our friendship circles. And I think it's important to speak openly and honestly uh, about this. It's one of the things that I really try hard to do as difficult and as challenging it is even with you know our fertility issues and our our struggles that we've we've had but I think you know putting yourself and making yourself a priority when we're really taught as a society that you know we're not necessarily what number one that other people are number one or if we're service providers we're used to making everybody else a priority and so you know we come quite far down the line so I think you know taking this time out to really assess what you can do to you know, to either go and get therapy or spend some time with yourself or to rest in yourself, um, to meditate. I think you mentioned exercise was really a saviour for you way back when, when you were 31 and doing this river loop, you know, getting outside and, and, and being in the, in the beautiful sunshine and getting those kind of endorphins. I mean, exercise is so critical and, and so powerful. Do you think that's is that why I um, I'm going to ask you this this question I I know the um, I know <laughs> I know one version of the answer but is that why you got into yoga and meditation? Um, yes, well to 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 be very truthful, uh, Warren <laughs> Swanson, who we know, got me into yoga because he goes, mate, there's so many hot chicks here. <laughs> <laughs> And I wonder if you're that's, that's that. me being just vulnerable and honest. Uh, uh, with that said, it it got me there. However, when I got you get past that pretty quickly. When I started realizing the benefits of yoga for myself, as in it it was a, a slight journey. It went from okay, cool, hot chicks are there, great. I'm like, oh my god, like you're stretching, like you're lengthening out, and I just felt so good. 
and then I was doing, um, I was practicing at a studio that was more traditional yoga, Ashitanga. And then, you know, there was a focus on breath, breathing. And then all of a sudden you added breath work with stretching and oh my God, the endorphin rush, like at the end of a class where you're in Shavasana, which is my favorite position, by the way, and probably, <laughs> and you're like, oh, and just the, the visuals and the, the, the pulsations and the movement through your body was just like, this is incredible. So it then turned into somewhat of a spiritual journey, but then putting stretching breath and realizing that when I was doing that hour, that hour was, was for me. Because when you're doing yoga, you're not talking to anyone. The only person you're talking to is yourself, right? And how do we turn that voice down? And, and to me, turning that voice down was through breath work and doing yoga. And when I teach, you know, I, I say to my, my students, hey, this is your hour. It's no one else's. We're here for you. And use your breath to turn down that inner voice. And now that, that inner voice, it's not ain't going to go. It's going to be there once you finish class or even during class. But if we can just turn that inner voice down, it's amazing um, what you can release, the stress that you can let go of your body. You can't answer your phone. And if you do, well, that's your choice. However, I strongly recommend it. And I'd always tell people, don't bring your phone in or turn it off. Uh, if you can, of course, if you've got kids yet, put it on silent. But just switch off because yoga for me and you is just taking that time out and it's one hour mm. it's one hour of your day and breath plus stretch uh equals feeling bloody good <laughs> well quite often when i'm working with people particularly one-on-one -on -one, they're coming to me because there's generally they're wanting some sort of change or there could be a crisis in one's life and the amount of people that say to me you know oh i used to do yoga but i haven't been doing doing that yeah. and it's like well let's go back to to doing that because remember when you're doing that how good you you felt i must admit you know whereas i really uh, you're one of my favorite yoga instructors if if you we really need you to come back i know you're super busy you're running all these other businesses and charities and so forth but doing one of your classes with you know techno music and and smashing out the yoga <laughs> yeah. is my all-time favorite monday night activity so we need to bring those bring those back maybe uh, i might be able to convince you for a, a retreat at one point but I think, you know, this is this is really powerful, this exercise sort of um, part. So, you know, going back to the, the foundation and the charity, I mean, it's not just men that you support. It is all yeah. sorts of people from all different walks of life, all genders. And, you know, I know that you give funds in all different ways. In fact, you know, as we've talked about that amazing $1.2 million figure, you know, I have seen you, you know, even donate money to, you know, on a personal level. Um, my husband, Jason, does a lot of work with people who have disabilities so physical disabilities or people that have down syndrome or severe autism or you know are in wheelchairs or without limbs and you know i have seen for those young people that you have you know said okay i'm going to pay for the the charity is going to pay for a whole term and not only is it great for these individuals that are working out and getting kind of these endorphins that we're talking about with exercising, but the break for the carers and for the parents, I mean, that's their, like, that, their one moment to really be with themselves and to not stress and not to, to worry. And so with that one, you know, um, 
method of, of giving, you know, you're really helping, you know, two, two groups of, of people. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of ways that you give. Can you give us an example of, of other sorts of things that you've done to, to assist and help other organisations? Absolutely. And, and just you're right with the walk, it, it has developed itself into helping everyone, all aspects. And if anything, it's all about paying tribute to, to malt, to, to everyone who has lost someone or everyone to every, anyone who is struggling. Uh, the event has evolved. Um, fortunately for us, because we're a smaller charity, uh, we have a lot more flexibility. Um, and our flexibility is, is that we can actually donate to what we call grassroots charities or just charities that you just do not hear of. Right? We hear about them because we're in that sphere. Uh, however, you know, they're not your bigger charities. I'm not saying that bigger charities don't do great work, but we, we have made a focus on doing smaller charities. So one of the, I'll give you a couple of examples of the organisation. There's a great organisation called Suicide Prevention Pathways. They actually do peer-to-peer -peer support. So they will, you, you contact them, um, or if someone that you trust can contact them, but they will physically come out and see you and sit down with you. And their whole premise is to build a safety network around you, okay? So they're also known as Talk Suicide. So that organisation is amazing. They actually get zero, zero funding from government. Wow. Yeah, so an organisation that will come out, if you're struggling, they'll come out and see you. Now, obviously, this year has been a little bit different because of COVID. Uh, however, they've been doing um, FaceTime and now, obviously, they've just implemented social distancing, but they get zero government funding. Uh, another organisation that we, we donate to is um, a crisis, uh, crisis centre in Cannon Hill here in Brisbane. Uh, Ken from Sunlight, they deal in like crisis situations. Like if you're there, you know, at that ultimate position, they will come and intervene and assist you, okay? Both charities, there's, I'll, I'll give you a couple more examples. Both those charities, everything's free. There's no charge for their services, right? Uh, a, a slightly, I guess, bigger organisation, however, is close to us is called Mates in Construction. Mason Construction now has actually gone national simply because obviously the construction industry is huge. However, my two friends that I lost were both within the construction industry. And as we'll talk about with Trusted Pest and WAC, I'm in the construction industry. So unfortunately in the construction industry, construction men or construction workers are six times higher to commit suicide than any other industry, six times. So this organization actually goes into big construction sites and small, and they train what they call connectors, people that listen out for markers. So let's say Johnny, oh, Johnny broke up with his girlfriend. We haven't seen Johnny for a little while. They'll actually go out and contact, or if he's on site, they'll actually um, take him aside and have a conversation with him. Or they've trained people within the construction site that people can feel comfortable to go and have a chat with and you know about their mental health. Um, that's another organisation. I'm just trying to think. And then also uh, uh, we have donated into, in the past, a great organisation called uh, Peachtree, which deals with perinatal um, uh, depression. So uh, yeah, we've, we've definitely donated to a few organisations that do great work. So. Um, well, that is, 
so beautiful to hear because, of course, you know, it is mental mental health week here in Queensland and the walk kicked it off and it is mental health month. It is also um, pregnancy loss month too. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. There is, you know, it is a really big month caring for yourself and caring for, for others and, and so forth. But, you know, talking talking about the, the walk and, you know, and MAP, I mean, how did you actually get the government involved? Like, what at what point happened? Because obviously you just said, look, I don't know what I'm, what I'm, what we're doing, it's just basically trying to have a crack and trying to make a difference. But at some point, like, you're starting to get these really big numbers and you're saying, oh, well, I guess we better <laughs> work out what to, what to do. We're also, you know, business owners and, you know, how do we find the time to do everything? What happened? Like, what was the turning point where you got the government involved so much so that they would say, how we're going to kick off the week is by supporting you? Yep. Uh, so first with time. So we had, we, I think we were five years old. So it wasn't like, you know, government just heard about our event and, you know, oh, bang, wow, that's, that's a walk. So we actually, we had to hang in there, which is, I think, even in business, sometimes you just got to chip away at something, right? Uh, so we were five years old and then um, it was actually uh, the Newman government in, in um, my understanding is the Newman government in Queensland actually created the Mental Health Commission, right? So the Mental Health Commission was created because of such, uh, unfortunately, such a huge issue of suicide within Queensland. Uh, the local member uh, at Kangaroo Point at the time was Helen Abraham. Fortunately, she was a big supporter of obviously the Fence on the Bridge and then our organisation. She gave us an introduction into the Mental Health uh, co Commission. And at the time, I've gotten the last lady's last name, but that was Dr. Leslie something. She actually came down and uh, they, they had nothing, but she just, she, her, her, her herself came down to the event and went, wow, there was 1,200 people there. They're like, this is, this is incredible. Like you, the energy that you guys are crea have, have created uh, and also the recognition towards mental wellness and mental health, they're like, we would like to get involved. Um, after that, Mental Health Week had been created for Queensland, New South Wales and Mental Health Month. Um, we actually said to them, we want to be your, we, we made the proposition that we would like to be the opening event. And government's like, well, we don't want to get in the way. Absolutely, go for it. Um, they they really supported us because they saw the value. And, and let's be honest, like mental health or suicide prevention or depression, it, these are dark topics, okay? I, I get that. And what we're trying to do is bring light and joy to something that is dark. And fortunately for us, the commission and, and now local government and, and state governments, they're seeing that, yes, yes, this is, this is a serious topic, but we need to bring energy and light. And why not, why not kick off the week with a celebration, right? A celebration of life or a celebration of, of bringing awareness towards um, mental health or mental wellness, right? And then, then, of course, you know, paying tribute to those that aren't here but are also struggling. Like, let's let's create a celebration that we can show to people that we're here to support you. And and to be quite fair, the, the last uh, two years, the Mental Health Commission and God bless them as an organisation, they have really uh, assisted us because they see the value in the event now. And particularly with this year with COVID, they wanted to 
they really because Sherry, I don't know about you, but how many events have been cancelled this year? I think you've yeah. even had a couple of events being cancelled, right? Yeah. And you know, no matter what you think about it or not, it's gotten to towards the end of the year and there's no events. Yeah. However, people are struggling and fortunately for us, our event is outside. It's it's out in the open. So, you know, we can social distance. Uh, we had our COVID safe plan. We had, we had um, protocols in place that would please tick the, um, tick the requirements, but we could go ahead and the mental health commission's like, what do we need to do to help you to get this event going? And they got behind us, um, not just with uh, some funds, but they also assisted us to make sure that we, the, safe, the event was safe. Um, so to answer your question, how did we get involved? It was time that did its thing, but also asking as well. I love that because you know asking is a big part of what we what we do <laughs> in this industry when we're when we're selling. But you know it's it's interesting what we're talking about here and talking about the construction industry because we do have a real issue in the real estate um, industry and with we do have suicides. It's actually really not talked about very prominently. Jet Xavier, you know, started kicking this off a couple of years ago now with, you know, doing a report and the amount of people who, you know, are just working all the time, are quite distanced from their family, are suffering from mass depression, um, brought on from various different different factors. And then of course, you know, this is now rolled out with uh, with a conference that was held virtually recently called RISE, which is a whole lot of of agency uh, industry partners getting together and putting together an app, you know, that is industry funded to help. So, you know, I think these things are, are really vital and, and really super powerful and important. I think, you know, looking at the walk, you know, I just think it's amazing. And it does feel like a celebration. Like when you're there, there's, you know, still walkers and there's, you know, pumping music and we've got celebrities and it's fun and there's music and all sorts of things is going uh, going on. But, you know, I know in the past we've wanted to, you've wanted to, to move it on to Sydney and so forth. And, you know, that has been a challenge. Now, this year with 2020, you had, you know, a whole lot of people that chose to walk virtually. I think there was, what, 500 people or 600 people that, that walked virtually. Um, and I've been following on social media, seeing people all over the countryside kind of, doing this I mean what does this what has it taught you through you know through doing um doing the walk both on site and virtually and the lessons that 2020 has bought that you'll be able to take on um in the future uh pivot magical word this year we've heard a lot of pivoting <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah that's why I, I, um Jerry, I, I'm, I'm lucky from the perspective that I, I get out of bed an optimist, right? And where I'm going with this is obviously there was a wave of emotions with was it going to happen, was it not going to happen and whatnot. However, what COVID has done to us is made that, well, we just, we, like how do you create an event that can work, but you just can't be there. You physically can't be there. Like, and like we're doing now, it was just that we've got to go online or we've got to use the technology to our advantage or use uh, a message that can can work no matter where you are. And that was the creation of the virtual. And mind you, we it, it wasn't like we created the virtual event. You know, we had heard about other charities that had done a virtual event, not so much here in Australia, but overseas. And it was just successful. 
And we're like, well, that, why can't we do that? We had this assumption that we had to physically be there. Like we thought we would have to have infrastructure down in, in Sydney, Millennial Park and in Melbourne, that we'd have to have a stage and people there. However, uh, COVID this year has made us realise you don't need that. You just need a good message, um, good instructions, and then just two passion behind what you're saying and what we want people to do. And, and it resonated with people. And yes, we had over 600 people walking worldwide. Uh, worldwide. worldwide. Yeah, so we had people in, in New York, wow. uh, in New York, and uh, and also Germany. Would you believe um, that I'm aware of? And I know in the in the past we've had people in Canada. Uh, however, this year we had people all over Australia and even Victoria. Like Victoria are in some of the strictest restrictions. However, fortunately for us, because our events deemed exercise and we had actually had face masks um, made that they could they could they could buy people had the courage to do it. So to answer your question, we, ju we, just had to, we just had to think outside of the box and we pivoted. And to be honest, one of the, uh, what it's made us realise is that we don't need huge infrastructure in all these cities. We can have, a, have an event that resonates with people by just communicating properly and, and using your channels such as, you know, such as podcasts like this or, uh, we've got a pretty big, good Facebook. We actually we have a huge Facebook presence. Instagram, you know, even YouTube, using those platforms to your advantage to get that that message out there, and people will will come. So that's how we do. Well, I love it, and I think we're going to see a lot more more of this because I think you know connectivity is so important. But we also just you know clicking those buttons, paying a small fee, which is going to get you a shirt. It's going to make you compelled to actually get out there if you're struggling to do so. And you know, on top of all of that, the lessons that we can learn from this is that moving forward, you know, even in our industry in real estate, when we're going to conferences, we not may not be in a huge hall with lots of people, but we might do it virtually with the great, same great content. Now, just to finish up on, on mental health, I mean, I have a lot of people reaching out to me um, quite consistently, actually. And um, one of the biggest things that I really want to um, want to talk about before we move on to, to you as a, as a business owner and what we can really take from this is that, you know, if you are struggling in Australia, we are so lucky you can go to the doctor and you can ask for help and, you know, they will give you a mental care plan where yes. there will be a series of free therapy sessions and you can go to a therapist. Now, going to a therapist, it's a, it's a scary thing. It is absolutely scary if you've never done it before. And, you know, yesterday I was talking um, to somebody um, on, on social media who was asking for help and I was suggesting to go and do this and understanding that they hadn't done therapy before. You know, the biggest thing that I can say is I think once upon a time there was a stigma with, with therapy. I don't know if you sort of think the same, but, you know, now when someone tells me that they do therapy, I'm like, well, good for you because not only are you becoming more self-aware, you're you know, creating emotional intelligence, which is going to make you much better at your, you know, at your job, at relationships and everything that you do in life. So I think, you know, utilise that where you can, you know, get this for free from the doctor. And look, if you go to a therapist who's not quite right, you know, my biggest suggestion is try again, just like dating. You're not going to meet Mr. Wonderful <laughs> day, day one. You know, sometimes it takes a little while for, to find the right person. 
But when you do, you want them to basically be someone who's completely objective and someone who's going to give you some practical tips and advice to help you move forward in a positive way and to either deal with your circumstances um, whatever they may be. So I really urge you to, to go and do that and utilise this. It's free from the government, um, which is... And just, and just to add to that, Sherry, why be fearful of someone that actually you're going to see that cares about you? Mm. Like a therapist is there to listen and care. And if that if they don't do that, like, please, like, you move on from that. But why be fearful of going to see someone that is actually there to listen and care about you. And they've got a degree in it. They've spent four years basically working and listening to a whole lot of other people's problems. Chances are they've probably got some pretty good solutions and some seen some really Absolutely. great outcomes. So let's get the cheat sheet. And, and just and just to add to it, like um, there's the science out there just by talking about what's happening in your life. This is why women are good at it. Perhaps I call it venting or just just being able to let go and 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 talk to that therapist or something. The stress that you take off your system can be up to eighty percent. Eighty percent. Just verbalising and talking to someone and just saying, "Hey, I'm not feeling right." That's going to make you feel good. Mm. So Very yeah, well done. Very true, very powerful. Now, let's talk about trusted and let's talk about trusted pest management. Now, you basically have been working in the business since what, you were 18? Correct. Oh, well, technically 15, but part-time <laughs> and full-time 18, yes. So, tell us, I mean, you you bought the business from, from your dad. It's a family business. Tell us about the journey of trusted from, you know, from yes. where it was to where it is today, just bearing in mind that we have been talking for a little while now and I really want to cover off on trust. Yeah, no, I get it and I understand. Just slight correction, I didn't buy it off my dad, I actually bought it off my cousin, but I'd been working with my dad for 12 years. So I'm actually technically wow. a conversation today in opposition with my father, but I bought it off my cousin. <laughs> we bought it uh, over eight years ago. We went from three staff to now 30. We've gone from 380,000 to now $3 million um, and uh, this year, we actually even had a venture capital firm knock on our door going, hey, can we invest? Um, listen, I, I, my, my blessing was is that I've been brought up with it and I've stuck with it. If anything, when it comes to the career, and gee, I've done a few little things in terms of trying to do share trading and flip houses and all this kind of stuff. However, the one thing I've learned is just stick with it and pest control I've had a wave, once again, wave of emotions with it when I first got involved. You know, was it sexy? Was it cool? Was it not? And uh, now I feel so blessed with what I do. Why? Because I'm outside. I get to meet beautiful people like you, right, every day. Like every, every, every house to me is like a challenge, right? So imagine being in a job, fortunately, where each each hour or each second hour, you've got a new little challenge. So for me, that keeps my mind fresh and 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 it's turned into this passion now, which I think you can see when we when I talk about trusted, like we love what we do. Like I just like pests are amazing. Like I, my father said to me, "God bless the pests," because <laughs> in me a career and it's something that I love, and now. If we just talk about Australia, we've got 18 staff here and we 
bring this passion to our business. We've got great culture. We care about our guys. Mental health is a big thing where I open up the platform and you mentioned being a leader. Being a leader is saying to your staff, hey, if something's not right, please either come and speak to me or someone that you feel safe, like taking that time to talk about that. But we've created a great business. And Sherry, I'm telling you this, our business in, I reckon in the next five years will be huge. Like we're like big, we are taking on the big players within the pest control industry. Which is so exciting. But I think, you know, it's this passion as you talk about that has really kind of ignited that. Because I do see you as a businessman, but I love the fact that you're talking about it's underwritten by this passion. And I know even from, you know, doing walks with you in Byron Bay, the lighthouse, you'll be pointing at the tree and going, oh, it's this kind of turbine. I'll be like, well, there's different kind of turbines, which of course I, there should be, but I just never thought of it. So, you know, this passion's so incredible and so powerful. So how have you grown the business from yep. where it was to where it is today? Like what have, when you look back on that time, what mm -hmm. would you say would be some of the things that really helped you level up the business? Yep. Uh, de network. So because I've been in the industry for so long, particularly when I started, when I was wet behind the ears, and just having that network, like fortunately for in our industry, there's not a lot of pest controllers, right? However, I'd done the time, I'd, I'd done the B&I, I've, I've knocked on, I, I would literally cold call into real estates and go, hey, can I speak to the head property manager or property manager? It was just taking those steps to build that network around me, okay? Once we got that that solid foundation of a network where people were just co contacting us because we were the pest experts, it then grew obviously into our sort of marketing area, right? And what's being really big for us is our um, social presence, right? So YouTube, I actually have over 500 videos on YouTube talking about pest issues, right? And, you know, I either make them fun or make them serious, but I just... I I just continually do it. Like, like I think I've got over 300 subscribers on YouTube, which, yeah, maybe like in if you look back, it's not that huge, but for a pest controller, that's massive, right? But it's doing the time and the hours and doing these short little one-minute videos or taking the time to use this this contraction here to just film what I'm doing and just building myself. Where to now, I've got to the point where you just do it, you know, no matter what, because it's easy. Right, so it's building those platforms and spending time on those platforms. However, Sherry, honestly, it's finding the right people. So you, you're aware of this. We've got a great CEO now who's taken over. And if we didn't create the foundations of network, we wouldn't have found this gentleman who has now literally taken our business from a $1.5 million business to a $3 million business, and we've done that in two years, right? So we've had huge growth, but the underlying thing was finding the right people to bring into the business. Uh, I was I was vulnerable enough to say I had got it to this point, but to go to that point, I need the right person or people into our business. And we found that through our networks, right? And then being open enough to say, hey, we need help. I need a coach. We just brought that coach into our business and, and he has taken our business to the next level. And that is one of the reasons why we're now into Asia. So network, marketing and finding the right people to, um, to, uh, to either work with you or surround you has gotten our business to where it is today. Wow. 
massive, massive, massive uh, statement there. I think the other thing that I have also seen that you've done really well in addition to going network is it's nurturing. So once you've got them on board, it's about keeping them on board. And, you know, I've seen the trays of the mangoes and the cupcakes and, you know, and the, the tickets to go to this event or that event. And, and I think it's about those personal kind of connections, but making sure that people remember that you're there and also working with them. So I think that's huge. I think, you know, talking about... Do you, do you, sorry to interrupt. Do you remember when I dressed up as a elf? Delivering Of course, people are going to remember that. And that's, that's exactly right. So, it, honestly, that falls under the marking. It's just been doing something a little bit different. And, and trust me, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's having the putting your ego to one side to go, you know what? I dressed up as a cupcake one year. Another year, I dressed up as a cockroach, like a literal cockroach outfit, and went around delivering cupcakes. Because that's what people remember, and that's what your marketing does, and and yeah, but it, it's but it's then repeating. It's 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 repetition, right? So it's yeah, okay, you do one cupcake, but don't do it once a year. Do it, you know, four or five times a year, right? And not just to the one person. You've got to do it to everyone. So that costs money, but you've got to do it, and it's just putting in the work, but putting your twist on it. And if you're an agent, I you know, I don't know, like wear a mankini. I, I don't know, you know. <laughs> No, please don't. But, oh, yeah, I, but no, I, that's true. The, what you say there about the investing is really important yes. because in this industry, we have been taught to burn and churn through people. So it's like next transaction, next transaction. Whereas really, we should be looking at these people to bring us more business yeah. and we should be their agent for life. So I think investing in those relationships is very important. The other point that you make there in relation to the videos and grabbing your phone and just, you know, filming it, I mean, you know, agents are so worried about putting the a foot forward that's kind of in the wrong way. And I think just being real and raw, funny, you know, sometimes serious, but, you know, doing it in a way that people can relate to. And in real estate in particular, I mean, it's Australia's greatest hobby. We all have some sort of form of vested interest in it. So the more that we can talk about something that's going right or something that's going wrong or check out this house and what this problem is or why people like this particular floor plan, I think that's what people are going to enjoy. And taking off this facade of this two-dimensional what a real estate agent should be and just kind of being yourself and being memorable as as you talk about, I think is is really powerful. But, you know, investing in the right people, I love that you, you talk about this and, and finding the right people. And the fact that you, in essence, have really done yourself out of a job by hiring that right person who's the CEO, who I'm sure it was so hard for you to let go of your baby, of what you had built and grown up. But, you know, we see a lot of real estate agents and principals who essentially have no exit strategy. And yeah. so I think it's really important to think about this and to, to find those right people. And sometimes, as we talked about before with dating and finding a therapist, you're not always going to find the right person to start with. But just because the first time failed or the third time failed or the tenth time failed didn't mean that, you know, you're not going to find the right person. You might need to adjust your expectations. You might need to adjust your leadership style, which we've been talking about today too, with being authentic. But, you know, finding those right people, investing in them and moving forward can pay massive dividends like 2xing your business into the revenue that you're you're kind of now creating which is which is huge so Wes I mean you've been on the tools for all these years and people love you like you're a cool guy obviously I love you but what how did you 
sort of transition from not being on the tools all the time and people wanting to call and to see you, like what happened at some point? Because this is something that's very real for real estate agents, right? Where people say, okay, I'm starting to build a team now. I've got co-agents working within us and people are wanting to wanting us to sell their property, but it's probably not in my core area or in the core price range and I need to move it on. Now, when you were getting these calls where people wanted you to come out and see them and to do their, their treatment on the tools, how did you negotiate this and change kind of how people, you know, foresaw you in the business? Yeah, it, it does take time. Like, don't think that you can just switch it on like that. It, it, it's taking time. However, but for my, for, for the way that I did it, was actually, I guess, coming back to my diary, having a default diary and just setting time where I'm not working, okay, so that the office would know that they can't book in places, but then also having the courage in, within myself to say, hey, listen, I'm going to get the office to call you to then book it in. Now, there's some clients out there that refuse. They just go, no, I'm only using Wes only, which I totally get. However, it, it is just, it's drawing a line in the sand and then giving yourself that time to say, I want to transition to uh, however that looks like. Perhaps it's working half on the tools, half off, but allowing yourself and, and communicating with your team, actually, that, that was one of the biggest things, Sherry, is communicating with the team, knowing that when someone calls the office and they ask for Wes, it's just saying, hey, well, listen, the office just say, Wes is not always available, right? So he's not available on these days, or we need to actually send out another technician. So it's drawing a line in the sand, giving yourself say that two, three months or however long that looks like for you to transition into that role that you wish to be. So one, you've definitely got to build it. Like what does that look like of you off the tools, right? So you've got to develop what that looks like so that your team knows that you need to work there. You need to know what that result looks like as well. And then it's just actioning it. It's, it's sticking, it's not falling into the habit going, oh, okay, you know what, I'll just do it, I'll do it. It's like, no, I'll pass that on to my team. So it's having that confidence to hand it off to your team. And to be honest, I must say, initially when I was passing jobs off, I was actually really nervous because at the end of the day, I know what I need to do to do a great job, right? And 10 times out of 10, I always do a good job. However, I can tell you this, nine times out of your 10, that your staff are actually going to do a good job. So you've got to let go of that fear of passing it on to someone. And if they stuff up, which it does happen, rather than rousing, it's like, well, let's talk about it. Where can we learn to make that experience better? So it comes back to feedback's a gift, right? And with my staff, when we pass them on to clients of mine, and you know what I love, Sherry? I actually get texts from my friends that would be using me all the time saying, hey, it was really great. Jake was awesome. Richie was great. Ian was awesome. That's very humbling. And all it took was me putting my guard down and saying, I can't do this all the time. Or actually, I just want to transition out as well. I want to take on a different role within the business. So it's drawing the line in the sand, giving yourself some time and then just actioning it. Well, this is super powerful stuff because it's, you know, essentially what, what the manual is all about. It's actually about goal setting and working out what it is that you want in your life externally, then putting it those systems and structures and allocating that time in your business to get done what you need to get done. And then really making sure that you're doing it on a daily, daily basis. You know, the point that you make there about communication is a really important one. 
And, you know, yep. particularly if you're an agent watching this or a principal who, you know, is, um, who, who has an EBU or effective business unit, you know, and you've gone from being a really successful agent. So you've had to do everything solo. And then all of a sudden you've got a team and they're almost like an inconvenience to you. You know, you need to have them, but you don't really communicate with them. They're kind of operating in chaos. There's no systems and structures. You know, it's one of the big things that you need to do in order to grow a business, but in order to actually take yourself out of the business and bring in that residual income which is what we're all looking for you know we we, not, we don't really want a job we want a business right can i give one tip if, if you're sort of taking that step to bringing in multiple people and it's what we did um it's called have you heard of the huddle at all sherry no. No. the huddle thing so the huddle it, it, it's, it's 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 you do it every day it's only a 15 minute meeting max right love it 15 minutes we can do that so you ask, what did I, well, it depends on what day it is, but if it's Monday, what do I need to get done today? What do I need to do? And do I need any help with it? So if you go into Tuesday, what did I do yesterday? What do I need to do today? And do I need any help, right? So those, that huddle there, I've now brought into my construction company. Gee, oh my God, it's, it's ironing out some fires, right? And it gives you, it, it's enough to say, hey, if you, you've got a new staff member or you're trying to offload something onto them, it's 15 minutes. You don't let it any go any longer. It doesn't need to be an hour. It's just bang, bang, bang. Do you need any help? No, I don't. What, what am I going to achieve today? So there's your KPI. Cool. What did I do yesterday? I called Sherry. I, had, I spoke to 10 people. You know, it's, it's, it's that coming back to that communication. It's in the morning or whatever time suits you. But that has been a really big, great um, uh, uh, item that we've implemented into our businesses and, and, and it works. There is the gem. I reckon that is absolute gold. So that a is really good. It's a huddle. <laughs> We might use that on, on social media and reference you, hey Mel. So <laughs> so I think this is this is really powerful, really important. Get in, get it, get them out, because we all had a long meeting and it just really brings everything concisely together. Very, very and powerful. Just, just to add that, make sure you do it on FaceTime. So you don't do it with a phone call, do it so you can actually see see the people like we're kind of doing here. That's that's really powerful as well. So make I like sure you, that. it's like a meeting. Yeah. I like this. What when you started doing it with the with the FaceTime yep. or seeing screen to screen, how did it? How was it different from doing it via a phone call? Uh, social cues, and then also people just seeing the seriousness of of what you're saying. Oh, I am going to do this, right? I don't know. If you, if you can't see that person, you just you know they could be just distracted, or perhaps they're on the phone, right? Once once we're like this, like like I'm not touch my phone I can't right so but you know when you got a blank screen I just and, and listen it's not going to work for everyone but I just found it's it's more powerful and actually guess who taught me this that that the face-to-face -face, um was uh Tessa Group who's our major sponsor Brendan Tut yes. he, yeah. told, he told me about how they they actually do face-to-face -face. so I've been doing the huddle but I've been doing it without the the, the this face-to-face uh, -face. and we've changed that and wow it's made a, a considerable difference so face-to-face -face meetings. I think this is a good level up if you are 
actively doing something like that at the moment with the with the phone. So, you know, we've been seeing this particularly for those even in Victoria or those who've needed to who haven't been able to, to work in the office this year. But moving forward, I mean, there are things that we can take out of 2020, you know, that we can we can implement. So I like that. I think that's a really good one. So Wes, just to, to finish up, you know, uh, work-life balance and building your best life. What does what does that really look like for you? What does your best life look like for you? I know you've just taken some residents down down the coast. I'm sure that's a really good step in the right direction. Um, listen, I, I've uh, I've always tried to live my life like life's about experiences, right? So once you sort of have that undertone. I just I just enjoy making time to do things that I like. So with math, I call it do shit that makes you feel good, right? So what makes me feel good? Uh, getting up early, I'm one of those crazy uh, early risers, but I do stuff in the morning uh, that makes me feel good. So I exercise. I, I just make it a priority that I go off and do some exercise. By doing that exercise, it just allows me to deal with the challenges of the day and it gives me the balance in the in the life that I need that when, you know, once once I go to work, it's pretty hectic, man. Like I'm a, I'm a tradesman. There's a lot going on. I've got uh, 18 staff to worry about here in, in Australia and 12 overseas. Like there's a lot going on. However, if I do the fundamentals, it gives me that balance, right? Um, so I take the time to do my exercise in the morning. Uh, that gets me into... I always make sure I actually take time to enjoy a coffee too. Just those little things, Sherry, those little things uh, where I just take that time for myself. I get myself a coffee and then I go off and work. Uh, in the afternoons, I do try and uh, my office now knows that from 3.30, they're not to book anything after 3.30, right? Because I want to either come home and do my own laptop work, but I want to be done by five. Now, it doesn't happen every day. I, like, like yesterday, I was observing to myself, I was still working at 7 o'clock in the evening, but I am trying to draw that line where by 5 o'clock, I'm just, I'm just switching off. Now, I know for agents that might be hard, but it's, it's, it's finding those parameters where you set the standard, you set the time that you can work for you. And I'm assuming in mo mornings are probably best for agents rather than evenings because of phone calls. But just make sure you take that time to do the stuff that makes you feel good. Because if you do that, Sherry, that gives you your balance. That gives you your balance. So trying to sort of take time off of all this word stuff, your balance comes from doing the things that make you feel good. And if that's, I know you guys work Saturdays, guys and girls work Saturday. But on Sunday, if that's going to the beach and going for a swim, book that in. So, I think yeah. finding this joy is important that you're talking about, finding the joy. So because, we, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, we have to do a lot of things that aren't necessarily enjoyable. You know, in real estate, that means having a lot of difficult conversations with people, sometimes delivering news that isn't so great. They, don't, they may not want to hear that. So in order to balance that out, as you say, you've got to do shit that makes you feel good. You've got to find that joy, whether that be, you know, going to the beach, whether it be taking the time for the coffee. Really, really, right. really good good tips. I love it. Look, talking to you is what makes me feel good. Oh, thank you, so true. <laughs> That's the reason why we're such great friends. So look, Wes, if people want to find you, you know, if they want to connect with you and trusted um, and, and potentially use you, whether it be for, you know, for their property management division or whether it be for building and pest inspections, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? 
uh, easy. Uh, listen, just go to Google, type trusted pest management. Uh, we are plastered all over the internet, I can tell you that. And if, if, if you're just, I know we made a comment. If you want to see an example, go to my YouTube channel, guys and girls. Like there's there's, there's all one minute videos, two minute videos. It'll give you ideas of what how you want to do that stuff. But YouTube, you'll find us on Facebook under Trusted Pest Management. Instagram, we're on Trusted Pest Management. LinkedIn, we're on. Uh, I'm at Wesley Basile on Instagram. If you'd like to add me there, that's fine. Um, and happy to answer any questions too. Um, also, if you find yourself in a pickle when it comes to a pest issue, trust me, just get on contact with social. I will be more than happy to take the time to make a comment or email you back or get some advice. Uh, you know, at the same time, I love giving back, Sherry, and, and, and any of your clients that are watching this that have any pest issues and you want some advice, doesn't matter where you are, Melbourne, Victoria, I will, I will try and assist. We can do that either via this uh, type of device or an email, I'm more than happy, but we're on all, all socials. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Wes. You know, I know that we have been talking a lot about Queensland. We have been talking a lot about New South Wales and Victoria, but we do have agents all over the country and New Zealand. Thank you so much yeah, for, yeah. for tuning in and for, for being a part of today. Wes, thank you for your time. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your vulnerability and keep levelling up. I can't wait to see, you know, what the walk's going to be next year, what math's going to be next year, what trusted is going to be next year and what whack and of course what you're going to be you know achieving next year now sherry just before we finish let's do a strategy that helps relieve stress anxiety and depression you, you want to work with me yep both, i'm in both, both our hands in the air right ready and then we give ourselves a big self hug <laughs> i love it <laughs> good good work <laughs> Thanks so much, Wes. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope today you do get finished by 5 p.m. I will, Dale. Thank you very much. It was amazing <laughs> and, and, and anytime. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye. Bye. A great big thank you to Wes for sharing not only his story, his passion and his knowledge on mental awareness today, but also for those insights that he provided into his own business, into increasing revenue, levelling up and really how he works with his team on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, if you would like to help Wes and the team at the Mental Awareness Foundation, you can go to their website and you can donate. So you need to head to www.walkforawareness.org.au. And if you'd like access to the transcripts, find the handles and access to any other information that I've shared in this podcast, you can find it all in one place by going to sherrystora.com forward slash mental health month. So if you are keen to build your best life by harnessing your real estate career, implement proven sales systems and structures, leverage your results, build your own celebrity profile and learn how you can build your own team and EBU whilst making more profit and working less, then make sure that you do subscribe to this podcast so you get notified when season two is launched. Thank you so much and thanks for listening and for tuning in.